This is Dano, and this is the Read Aloud Dinner Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping family units grow in love together. Another thing, would you please drop a review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast? Any feedback helps me best serve you. You can leave a one star or a five star or anything in between, but the most important thing is say something, let me interact with you, let me know what you're thinking, so this podcast can be as best as it can be. As a teacher, I do this with my students. I say rate me, and I learn from it, and hopefully become a better teacher. But the other thing that we do in the Read Aloud Dinner is we read a poem. So that's up next. So what poem are we going to read today? Now we do um, education by poetry and the poem that we're going to read is picture books in winter by Robert Louis Stevenson. So here it is picture books in winter, summer fading, winter comes frosty mornings, tingling thumbs, window robins, winter rooks, and the picture storybooks. Water now is turned to stone. Nurse and I can walk upon. Still we find the flowing brooks in the picture storybooks. All the pretty things put by wait upon the children's eye. Sheep and shepherds, trees and crooks in the picture storybooks. We may see how all things are, seas and cities near and far and the flying fairies looks in the picture storybooks. How am I to sing your praise, happy chimney corner days, sitting safe in nursery nooks, reading picture storybooks. Education by poetry is very important. And if you are not memorizing poetry, it'd be a good thing to, or reading poetry as much as you can every day, every other day, just something, a goal to try. And that's why I read poetry for my classes and what I want to give you here. What are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about the Lucy Culkin's conundrum. This was an article in the New York Times The Times article is called The Fight Over How to Teach Reading. This Guru Makes a Major Retreat. And this article is about a University of Columbia professor, Lucy Culkins. And um, what the Times says is a mistake. She made a mistake in her very supposedly lucrative reading program. And I'm only saying this because... Um, people have found fault in her reading program. So it's easy to, how am I going to say this? Sometimes the experts aren't really, you know, the experts. Now, I'm not going to say that about Lucy Culkins or Dr. Culkins or Professor Culkins at all. There's lots of ways to do reading. And that's my main point in all of this. There's lots of ways to teach reading help kids read. And we're going to be talking about this issue of phonics versus reading aloud and kind of natural reading and the war that's there. Cause that's what this article is about. 
And I have my own opinions about reading, of course. I'm going to read this article. I'm going to provide some insight, but you need to make your own judgment on what's best to do. Even those that are experts in the field, maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're like, well, I'm an expert and I teach people how to read. That's great. I'm glad you found a method that works for you. And I encourage you to use that method. But honestly, I don't really think that, um, you know, there is a, there's a one size fits all method. And that's what I'm going to kind of get to at the end. As anyone who's listened to the Read Aloud Dinner podcast, you know that my secret ingredient to teaching kids how to read is time. Spending time with a child, not rushing reading, having that, you know, helping family units grow in love together. That's my mission. That's what I want to do. And I understand that schools need to push reading or progress have reading progress in an efficient manner. Frankly, if you had my way, I mean, I would slow things down a ton. And maybe that's one of my criticisms as an instructor is I slow things down because I believe the human psychology cannot take so much, well, can only take so much information in at a time that's what I've gained from my research. P- humans are human, so humans learn at a human pace. Finland has kind of embraced this. In fact, if you just kind of just accept that humans are going to learn at a certain level, instead of, again, miracle growing our kids, we want United States especially is making a huge mistake in trying to miracle grow kids. I've been very disappointed in the United States education system and what's being pushed from not schools, but I think educators want to slow things down, but what the federal government or state governments are really trying to push to try to keep up with other countries, and that's unfair to kids. It doesn't allow for love, doesn't allow to slow down It doesn't allow for teachers to really assess what's going on, especially with, you know, testing or teaching to the test. These are things I've heard from teachers. And I think some reading specialists would probably agree that, you know, they would like more time, but um, maybe there's a push to learn certain things for tests, for dollars, so, so schools can have money to do their job. I understand the the framework that schools are put into, that's complicated. And I'm, I'm just sad that that's happened in the United States. The best method, I believe, with teaching reading in schools is to do it gradually and then understand if you are going to be teaching reading, especially from first, second grade, all the way up to 12th grade, that you are going to consistently teach reading, there's plenty of time. There's plenty of time for literacy. There's plenty of time to help kids catch up. But if you're going to, right, if you're going to press, oh, we need, we need so much extra advanced, advanced math because we have to keep up with India. We need to keep up with China. or We're going to have this extra English or this extra, well, why? Well, because our kids need to be the best. 
that's not very loving. You want to be the best for your own purposes. You don't want to be the best for them. Well, I mean, if they're the best, then they're going to get good jobs. Really? As a college professor or a college instructor, I can tell you that I'm very disappointed with what's coming out of the of the education system. And I don't I'm not going to blame the teachers. This past year with COVID, I understand there's some students that missed these huge gaps of education and they came in and I rolled I rolled over them. They didn't have the skills. They were very they they were not college ready and they could not keep up. But that was a really important lesson for me because I realized that high school teachers are trying everything they can. And they are they, they did enough to get them close enough to where I I needed them before, but COVID showed me the opposite that if well, they weren't there the kind of position that I would be in. So COVID actually made me more thankful for the United States education system. But knowing kind of what the financial structure is to award schools and what's being pushed by the Department of Education, especially No Child Left Behind, rewarding schools or punishing schools based on how well they did, it, um, uh, I just, I just feel, I feel for education and I feel for teachers and I, f- I feel that teachers are put under such a big strain. So one, if you are listening to this and you're a reading specialist or a high school, middle school, elementary school teacher, thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for how you're working within the system. And I know you would like to do things differently. And even though you might agree with me, you're like, well, that's impossible. That's impossible. Well, which gets to which which gets to exactly what I'm going to be talking about today. So the fight over how to teach reading. This guru makes a major retreat. So here's the opening of the article. For decades, Lucy Culkins has determined how millions of children learn to read. An education professor has been preeminent has been a preeminent leader of balanced literacy, a loosely defined teaching philosophy. And I would like to say that this is written by Dana Goldstein on May 22nd, 2002. So Dana Goldstein, excellent article, beautiful writing, just spot on. In a classic Culkin's classroom, teachers read aloud from children's literature. Students then choose just right books which fit their interest and ability and focus more on stories, theme, character, plot, and less on sounding out words. Now, based on what that is, I 100% agree with the Culkin's curriculum. That's what is best. So Professor Culkin's is not crazy. She's right where she needs to be. If, if you, I mean, that's my philosophy. I completely agree with Lucy Culkin's and what she's done and everything there. You should be letting re- literature, preferably stories to kids on theme, character, and plot. Should you be focusing on sounding out words? Teachers are reading aloud to their kids. This is awesome. This is excellent. But, right, there's a big, there's a big but here or big however, 
Her curriculum, Units of Study, is built on a vision of children as natural readers, and it has been widely popular and profitable. She estimates that a quarter of the country's 67,000 elementary schools use it. At Columbia University's Teachers College, she and her team have trained hundreds of thousands of educators. But in recent years, parents and educators who champion the science of reading have fiercely criticized Professor Culkin's and other supporters of balanced literacy. They cite a half century of research that shows phonics sounded out exercises that are purposely purposely sequenced is the most effective way to teach reading along with books that build vocabulary and depth. With brain science steadily adding to that evidence, there's a sense, at least for many in the education establishment, that the debate over early reading instruction may be ebbing. Phonics is ascendant. More than a dozen states have passed laws pushing phonics, and Denver and Oakland, California, have moved to drop Professor Culkin's program. In one of her lar- largest markets, New York City, a dyslexic mayor and his school chancellor are urging principals to select other curriculums. So after decades of resistance, Professor Culkin's has made a major retreat. A rewrite of her curriculum from kindergarten to second grade includes for the first time daily structured phonics lessons to be used with the whole class. There are special books and assessments to track students' progress with decoding letters. The first problem here that we're going to find is that, again, the miracle growing of kids. You see it right here. So a rewrite of a reading curriculum from kindergarten to second grade. Well, well, of course we're going to have, we want our kids reading in kindergarten, or we want our kids reading in, in first grade. Well, you, you know, we want to start in the beginning of reading in first grade, and then we want to solidify it in second, but in kindergarten, really? Here, here's the problem where and preschoolers right now, I remember my wife is a preschooler and they're teaching like ABCs and trying to get kids to read. And, you know, in these Head Start programs and that are, you know, these Head Start programs that are trying to encourage kids how to be successful or how to be good students. And at first these Head Start kids do well, but then they actually end up doing worse than other kids. I forget which study. Um, and that was released that you can find it in the news. That should tell you that pushing kids too far is bad. Kids are human. We are human. So when education ceases to be human, it's not going to work. And this is what frightens me about this suggestion in this article. Lucy Culkins, Professor Culkins is right. She's right. Now, would I suggest phonics? Yes, I'm a huge supporter of phonics. But what she's suggesting is that kids fall in love with reading because they love story and reading. She's doing it right. That's how you begin. You read to kids. You help them fall in love with stories. 
then they start picking up books. My son, who's in, who just finished first grade, is trying to read Miss Piggle Wiggle. Way beyond him, we, he could not read in, um, he could not read in kindergarten, and he was being pushed to read in kindergarten. We began, we, I, we saw that he could not pick up basic phonics, and we started to address that issue. But we did it slowly, 15 minutes a day, not trying to miracle grow him, slowly teaching him, not being frustrated with him. We wanted to make reading fun, rubbing his back, you know, giving him hugs when he was done. That's a human way to teach. Now, I understand that teachers can't hug every single kid. You know, there's only there's certain rules and things about all of that. But imagine, you know, you're reading out loud and you're doing these things. And yes, you do certain phonics worksheets. I like that she's, you know, adding that in. That was I think that's a good move for, for, for Professor Culkins. I'm glad she's doing that. And I think she needed that. And, and she even says like, yes, she had a supplemental phonics curriculum, but she really believes that leading with stories and literature and just makes the human, you know, makes someone human. And, and she was, you could definitely tell she was not into helping kids learn how to, um, she was not into this like forcing uh, reading super early on. She wanted them to fall in love with reading and then have them pick up books that they were interested in just because they liked it, letting their interest. What's wrong with that? What a strong model. And that's what the Read A Lot Dinner podcast believes. I believe what this professor of reading for, was it 30, whatever years she's done this, she is an expert. And though people are questioning her, this is the danger of going the other way. If you start miracle growing our kids, and yes, by brain psychology, you start, you know, repeating and you do phonics and you take out literature then you become then you become inhuman you you start to become machine based and phonics will fail so if you allow the pendulum to swing to the other side you are going to get um skill and drill it's going to look awesome on tests but you're not going to allow for humanity where in kindergarten and first grade, you really want, in preschool especially, you really want to establish these norms. The kid is loved, there's friends, there's community, what are the rules of this community? How do we stand in line? How do we ask for questions? How do we be respectful? What are What does it mean to help one another? A common stories, common stories. This is what we've been doing for centuries where a community would get together and they would have common stories to help frame or set up set up um, the culture or a way of doing things, the common stories that people can draw from. You, you've, we, we have all the common stories. Cinderella, we keep changing the story, but we know it. Romeo and Juliet, Snow White, basically Disney. <laughs> 
we have these common stories. These are good to have kids learn these stories and then and then realize, hey, reading's fun and there's all these kinds of books. But if you do skill and drill only and you're just going to say, see the cat and it's repetition and oh, you don't get that. Oh, you're going to kill reading. Now, phonics is very helpful. And I'm going to tell you a phonics story really quick. My daughter, we actually started her on phonics because I'm a huge phonics proponent. So this is a phonics person, a most likely dyslexic person, telling, going, reviewing this. And if anyone would like to bash Professor Culkins, it probably would be me. So when my daughter started reading, and she has no problems with you know no dis, you know learning disabilities we started her on a dis, a phonics program called monkey junior it was a fun computer program i wanted her to learn how to use the computer in a in a education sort of way and i wanted her to learn phonics well she moved through and she did really good and she understood phonics and then boom she took off reading but it was just fun it was i wanted phonics to be fun and monkey jr really fun my son grace i started him because i you know wanted to miracle miracle grow my kids i'm the <laughs> chief among sinners here i wanted him to because i'm like oh he's really smart he'll be able to figure this out he was brilliant he mastered monkey jr he figured it out but do you know that he figured it out without learning phonics he was so good at understanding patterns and rules that he completed phonics, the phonics of Monkey Jr., without understanding anything that he was doing. He couldn't sound out words. He didn't know what words meant. But yet the computer program said, you did a good job. So here's another example of how phonics, right? You could teach phonics, but you could teach it the wrong way, like we did. I taught it the wrong way. I had unrealistic expectations and I shouldn't have pushed my son that way. And being, and I was lazy. I was lazy as an educator. And then just sitting down saying, this is what we're going to do. And I love you first. Changed everything. So for some kids, you can, you know, teach a phonics or teach a really basic phonics and you're going to think, hey, this is going to be the curriculum. This is going to be everything we need and it's going to change lives. And you know what? Maybe. But if you don't have literature along with it, you're going to kill reading. You're going to make it drudgery. You're going to make them a machine. So I really am worried about swinging the pendulum the other way. Okay, this is what she says in response. She says, all of us are imperfect. She said in an interview at her office, perched above Columbia's campus. The last two or three years, what I've learned from the science of reading work has been transformational. What you see here is you see a professor, like any good academic learning and making things better. So for to scrap her curriculum once she's figured something important out is wrong, right? 
I mean, she has so many of the great building blocks and she's making it better from something she's learned. That That's called evolution. It's wonderful. It may not inspire political campaign ads and the way critical race, as the way critical race theory does, but the debate over how to read child, how to teach children to read, perhaps the foundational skill of all schooling, has been just as consuming for some parents, educators, and policymakers. Through decades, classroom practices have lurched back and forth with phonics going in and out of style. And it's because of this, we're going to swing the pendulum back and forth versus what she's done is trying to find that beautiful middle, which is, which is, which is how you do it. So then they talk about like the myth of the natural reader. Some children seem to turn magically into readers without deliberate phonics coaching that has helped fuel the mistaken belief that reading is as natural as speaking. In fact, functional magnetic resonance imaging of the brain demonstrate that humans process written language letter by letter, sound by sound, far from being automatic. Reading requires a rewiring of the brain, which is primed by evolution to recognize faces, not words. Completely true. Reading is completely something else, other entirely. Humans were not created to read. It was like, it's not natural, like speaking. Like we, we were made to speak naturally, but reading, no. Especially this horrible language called English. Whoever, whoever allowed this language to be like this and allowed the alphabet to be the way it is. Ugh. Just have mercy on all kids trying to learn English because this is the, the worst, one of the worst languages in the world. But that finding, I'm continuing to read, by cognitive psychologists and neuroscientists is often disconnected from the work of training teachers and producing classroom materials. Indeed, Professor Culkin's 70, she's 70 years old, is far more typical in a world of curriculum development. She's a teacher, a writer, and a theorist. You know, here I fear again, I mean, yeah, she may have you know, quote unquote, hurt some people. And like, and, and that's what the article goes on to say, like, oh, you've, you know, her, you know, she's made all this money and she's hurt readers and she really hasn't done much for the school system. I, I'm going to call that into question. I'm going to call that into question. She has done some good and you can say, yeah, it, it, it didn't work. Well, phonics won't work either. Phonics will be, and you know what? There's another article I'm going to read polling from England. England is thinking about ditching phonics. So England's the United Kingdom, Britain's education system is looking at scrapping phonics. And here we're looking at scrapping this. Do you see what's going on? Do you see how we need both? And if a child is struggling to read, absolutely lift up phonics. But if we don't spend time with our children, if we don't sit with them and add more reading specialists, slow things down, make reading required from first grade to 12th grade and not add in extra subjects. If reading is the foundation of education, 
of which it is. My son, now he knows how to read, is starting to read his math book. He's starting to read his math book and do the work independently as a first grader because he loves reading. We hide books from him. He wants to go find books. We made books fun. That's what Culkins wants. She wants to inspire kids and give them some, some truth and beauty and goodness. And yes, does she need to add a little bit of phonics? She's, she's made that admission. She's doing it. Wow. I think, oh, I mean, doesn't need to be as expensive as it is. <laughs> Maybe not, but that I think she's, she's right. So if any educators listening to this or any reading specialist listening to this or principal or parent, don't, don't go to the extremes. Don't go to the extremes. Don't believe that one side is, is, is the truth and the other side is evil. Look at what both have to offer and give that to your children. Literature and love of reading and books that, they, that they're, they're going to adore. Give that to them. And if they're struggling, pick up a solid phonics curriculum and help them along the way. They'll have plenty of time. They have plenty of time. If you are willing to take the time to sit with them and love them and work with them slowly. And then because you're reading aloud, they'll want to keep picking up books. My son is just reading through Mercy Watson tonight. He's reading through Mercy Watson. He read through some more of the, the books. He's just going book after book after book and he started reading to us out loud and I looked at my wife and said where did this reader come from he's practicing reading at night before bed as he goes to sleep he's reading for hours because he loves books and why wouldn't you want to give that to your kids that's the Culkin's method but we needed to teach him phonics you can do both at the same time and I hope I hope that you do that to give them both literature and phonics. Don't demonize one. And that's it for today. I'm Dano. I'm out. Great talking with you today. Goodbye.